Let's welcome Harriet Lyne, who is our correspondent in the UK today. Harriet is Deputy Political Editor of the Daily Mail. Harriet, welcome. Good morning. Great to have you with us. Uh, Now, what is happening? Many nations, of course, are having to respond to, both in statement form and by visits, what is happening in Israel and Gaza. Uh, I think uh, your Prime Minister, last time we were talking, was on your way for a visit there. But is it in the opposition at the moment where some tensions are mounting? Yeah, that's right. So Rishi Sunak visited Israel last week and the Conservative government have been very strong in their support for Israel. There's a little bit of a softening, I think it's fair to say, in some of their language in terms of whether uh, Israel is right to be acting with the force that it is in Gaza and how you know how far the government would support Israel, obviously with the right to defend itself. But there is a, you know, a Perhaps a little bit of trepidation in some of the language um, as to the events that are happening in Gaza and the humanitarian crisis that's unfolding there. But Labour um, has got itself into a bit of a tight spot, I think it could be uh, described, and tensions are really mounting within the party. Now, Keir Starmer has been very clear that he wants to draw a very strong and, and has succeeded in this dividing line between his leadership and Jeremy Corbyn's leadership, the former Labour leader, who has been kicked out of the party um, over uh, his failure basically to address issues with anti-Semitism in the party. So Keir Starmer has long made clear that his position is very, very different and he's been incredibly tough on anti-Semitism within Labour. And therefore, when this Israel conflict broke out, it actually happened during the Labour Party conference. And it was so unbelievably clear how how far Labour had come since Jeremy Corbyn was the party leader. And that kind of the the any any kind of anti-Semitism was very much well outside of the party conference, nowhere near it, um, which sadly had been the case um, when Jeremy Corbyn was in power. But uh, that said, his strong stance has angered a lot of Labour MPs, particularly those um, who are Muslim. Now, a fortnight ago, he uh, spoke um, on the LBC radio show and suggested that Israel has the right to cut off power and water from Gaza. Now, he didn't immediately um, retract those comments or kind of address uh, what he meant in that. Um, And I think it's the difference between him, again, trying to say that Israel has a right to defend itself, but uh, he clearly went a bit too far uh, by saying that it had a right to cut off power and water from Gaza. And he has since sought to clarify his position and said that he didn't mean to back the siege, um, which is happening for the Palestinians uh, living inside Gaza. But uh, the fact that he has, well, the fact that it took time for that position to be sort of clarified, and also the fact that he hasn't backed a number of MPs in calling for a ceasefire has led to mounting uh, tensions within the party. And today they sort of boiled over. And not only during PMQs was a front bencher, Yasmin Qureshi, um, speaking in very different language to Keir Starmer. She talked about um, the situation in Gaza as collective punishment and called or suggested that she wanted to have a ce- there should be a ceasefire. Um, Keir Starmer then was also forced to meet his MPs who um, he well who are very pro-Palestinian and causing him a bit of grief in terms of these repeated calls for a ceasefire from behind him when that is not what he's calling for. 
Now, he has called for a pause, which is very similar to where the government is in, so not the same as a ceasefire, but a pause in order to allow a quick humanitarian corridor and for people to get out. But um, it's quite clear that there is now a really strong division between a number of MPs within the Parliamentary Party and Keir Starmer. Uh, and tonight it's reported that four members of his shadow cabinet are on resignation watch. And then in the broader Labour Party, 250 Muslim Labour councillors have written to him, to Sikis, uh, demanding that he calls for a ceasefire in Gaza. That's from the Labour Muslim Councillors Network. Um, and there have also been around 30 resignations of Labour councillors um, who, are, again, are angered by his position. So, as you know, as with all things in this conflict, it's very difficult uh, and and incredibly important to choose the right words. Um, and you know, people do hang on on any any sort of nuances. But clear, I think that Starmer did misspeak in that interview and didn't rectify it. And the anger within Labour has just been growing since. All right. Now, the government itself, I think it was just this time last week, it was announced that the Prime Minister would go on a two-day visit, first to Israel and then, I think, to to neighbouring states. Uh, How did that go? And second, what is the government's, what are the government's recent statements on this? Yeah, so the government is, well, Sunak went over to the Middle East, um, he stayed in Saudi, he also went to Israel and he stood very much by Benjamin Netanyahu in saying, in calling the atrocities terrorist attacks. And he said that um, in Israel's darkest hour, the UK would be would be there to support. Um, and so it has been incredibly supportive um, of Israel's right to defend. But um, there has been a little bit of a change in the language in that today, Rishi Sunak backed the US in backing a humanitarian pause to get aid into Gaza. And I think there is quite a concern that the death toll in Gaza is so high that aid isn't getting in um, despite some of the promises. And and I think just a little bit of nervousness perhaps in Westminster about whether Israel is going to go through with this ground offensive and what that means for civilians on the ground who, you know, the government is clear that international rules need to be followed in war. They're not saying that the Israeli government has committed any war crimes. Others are. Um, but they are uh, clearly pretty cautious and concerned that this could escalate into a much, much more deadly uh, conflict. Then also interestingly today, um, though they did, the Prime Minister spokesman was critical of the remarks by the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, who talked about the Hamas attacks not happening within a vacuum hugely inflammatory remarks, which Israel was very, very uh, quick to condemn. And they've actually said today that they uh, won't allow the visas um, for UN representatives to travel into Israel. So the Downing Street was uh, was clear that those were not like was not language that it would support. Um, so, yes, I think the UK has been sees itself as leading quite a big diplomatic effort in this in and the push to get a two-state solution, which has long been the UK's position on Israel-Palestine. Um, but yeah, a little bit of a sort of a tempering of the language in terms of this call for a humanitarian pause, not a full-blown ceasefire, but clearly a big concern about aid getting to, to civilians and also uh, in order to try and help those hostages. 
Now, it's also one year of uh, the Prime Minister's um, being in his position, which, uh, given his predecessor, is quite an achievement. The predecessor, just 49 days, memorably. Uh, and has he had anything to say about his first year? Exactly. A year is, well, a week a is long a long time, time in politics. politics. A, year, a year here in the UK is a very, very long time. Quite an achievement, given none of our Prime Ministers really have lasted all too long. So a year's... Uh, beginning to at least relax a little bit with your feet under the desk, I think. But um, he released a video today in which said that there was still work to be done as he marked uh, his first year in power. Um, but it is, things are still pretty tough. I mean, actually, Rishi Sunak notably didn't do any kind of fanfare big celebration. I think the political mood is just not there to support a sort of, who uh, you know, hooray, we've made it to a year. Um, things are pretty febrile for him. The poll ratings are, are still terrible. Labour is about 18 points ahead in the latest polling. Um, but Sunak did in this video sort of reflect on on the things that he has achieved in this year. Now that includes the Windsor Framework, which is um, which amended the Northern Ireland Protocol, a very significant um, post Brexit deal, which solved quite a lot of problems. Then also his decision to axe the northern leg of the HS2 high speed rail line and his watering down of some uh, key climate pledges. So you might think some of those are not, you know, the, <laughs> the most sort of fun or ambitious uh, things. But um, he get, went on to say that he knew this year has been tough and there's still work to be done to help hardworking families across the country. But he's proud of the steps that he made. I think though it's worth reflecting on the five pledges that he set out at the beginning of the year, not long after he entered office. None of them are going brilliantly. The best actually is probably halving inflation, although inflation remains pretty sticky, over 6%. Government's quite confident that they will get that down to half um, by the end of the year. That's probably the best one. The economy is growing, but very smally. That's his second um, his second pledge. Debt falling is not looking great, particularly with much higher debt interest payments, about £23 billion extra that the Chancellor is going to have to factor in in his autumn statement. NHS waiting lists are at an all-time high and they are only growing. And small boats, while they are down year on year, I think it's still over 40,000 small boats have uh, come to our shores from France over the past year so um and the Rwanda flights have got no sign yet of taking off so he's he set himself some very ambitious goals he's said that the public need to judge him on his record at the moment that record is looking a little bit shaky um but he has got some sort of something to take home and be proud of that he has at least survived a year which given the state of the conservative party is no mean feat it feels like so much longer since the best soap opera since succession. <laughs> um, I know You're telling I, me. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be facetious because, you know, the current world circumstance and any number of, of um, examples shows how important, uh, important this is, but it really was something else, uh, and it's uh, only a little bit over a year ago. Harriet, thank you for your time as always. Harriet Lyon, Deputy Political Editor of the Daily Mail.